Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Wednesday, March 22nd. Coming up, building work on a new leisure centre in Medway is getting underway. We speak to the charity opening a third base in the county and hear from Gillingham's manager following last night's game. But first... A Kent mum is the latest to demand change at the Met Police after a damning report yesterday found the force to be institutionally racist, sexist and homophobic. Mina Smallman lives in Ramsgate and has spoken out after her two daughters were murdered in London in 2020. Pictures of Bieber and Nicole's bodies were shared among officers on WhatsApp. As we mentioned in yesterday's podcast, the review was ordered following the murder of Sarah Everard by Wayne Cousins from Deal, who was a serving officer at the time. Mina has campaigned for women's safety and reforms to the police. The police took selfies of my dead bodies, of my girls, mm. and shared them with 30-odd other police officers who clearly thought like them, otherwise you wouldn't send it. And now, that, that isn't something that will happen overnight. You, you know, the first infringement might be something small, you get away mm. with that very much like Cousins. You know, him exposing himself was a gateway to every time he did it and got away with it, poor Sarah Everard paid the price. Mm. And so the issue is that it is institutional. Mm. It is. And no-one has ever heard me say, bash the police. I have family members in the Met Police. And so I know that there are good police. And in fact, my family members who were came with me to the trial, um, they thought, they thought over, should we leave the force? Mm. Because do we really want to work for an institution that can do this? And thankfully, they, they, they've stayed... And I said to them, no, you mustn't go. It's the bad ones that need to go. And please, people, do not, do not hang on to the... that you need to defend the police, mm. because the good ones, we know they're out there. I know what good policing is, mm. and so does everybody else. This is not the time to be defending the police, mm. because I've never bashed them and never would. I'm not in the... I've never worked in the police. My, my field was religion and uh, drama. I was a drama teacher and assistant principal of a secondary school. Um, but now you're, you find yourself policing the police? Yeah, now, I'm, now I'm, I'm doing senior management of, you know, and they, they need help for outsiders mm. who have the experience to go in and, and, and teach them how to do this properly. The Met Commissioner has apologised and is promising to make improvements. Kent Online News. Police investigating a sex attack on a girl in All Hallows have arrested a 17-year-old boy. The victim was able to fight off the suspect when it happened as she walked along Binney Road last Thursday. Four boys have been arrested after a trolley was pushed down an escalator at an Asda store in Gravesend, injuring a man. It happened at the Imperial Retail Park last month, with the victim suffering head injuries and cuts to his hands. Two 13-year-old boys and two others who are 12 are in custody. 
a search is underway for a stalker who has links to Canterbury. 28-year-old Babatunde Odakoya is wanted in connection with breaches to a protection order. We've shared his picture via Kent Online socials. This is one of our most read stories on the site today. A four-year-old boy's been injured after ending up pinned beneath a trolley on a supermarket travelator in Sittingbourne. It happened at Asda in Mill Way as he travelled to the upper floor with his mum. While they were on the travelator, the trolley is thought to have demagnetised and rolled backwards, knocking the pair over and trapping them. You can head to the story at Kent Online to see pictures of their injuries. The mum, who didn't want to be named, says she was told by staff it was due to the trolley being heavy and having stones in the wheels. It's also understood a similar incident was reported the day before. Well, this is what supermarket bosses have had to say. The travelator has not been repaired because there have not been any faults reported with it following a thorough inspection and service, both before and after these incidents. There have also been no similar incidents reported at this store. We'd be happy to invite this customer into store to discuss this further. Kent Online reports. Now, building work has started on a new multi-million pound leisure centre in Medway. The site of the former splashes in Raynham was demolished last year in preparation for the new £24 million facility. Our colleagues from KMTV were at the groundbreaking ceremony. Gabriel's been speaking to Councillor Howard Doe, who thinks it will be a great boost to the town. I'm very thrilled that we're actually starting on site. we worked for a long time about this. We've had all sorts of problems with pricing and so on. But uh, at the end of the day, we are going to build a facility here, which by the end of next year will be something that the public will really enjoy and it'll be a wonderful, uh, I think, gift to families within, within Medway and Rain in particular and one that will replace the very, very popular predecessor and people have missed the pool of not being here and I think we'll have something which is state-of-the-art and really, really good in quality. As you say that people in Raynham have missed this pool, it's going to be closed for a few years. What would you say to people who have lost out on their pool for this many years? Well, I think it was, un- it was unavoidable. I think that uh, the make- great thing is that we are now making up a time. They've actually gone to other centres as well. Of course, we haven't closed other centres, but this is really ideal for families, children. The accents on families with family changing and so on, you know. And I think that uh, I would say to them, we're back. We're, we're, we'll see- it won't be years because we'll have it built by next year. And as far as I'm concerned, it'll be a really cracking facility which proves that really we want children to be happy here in Medway and to learn really all about safety on water because we've got a river running right the way through the town, a very dangerous river in some ways if you don't know what you're doing. And I think the more people can be acquainted with swimming and so on, the better. And you're saying it's going to be completed by summer 2024. Is that when first swimmers could be could swimmers be in the pool by August next year, or is that when construction is well, going I, to be finished? I think I think you know, that's when construction will finish. But I think that uh, I'll only say the latter half of, of 24 because you'd never be certain with with uh, uh, construction projects, even with the best of the best. And we have got the best of the best building it actually, Wilmot Dixon. And it's costing uh, more than £20 million, around £25 million to build this. Is this money well spent? Could it have been spent on better things? No, it, it couldn't. It's not £25 million, it's £23.65 million actually. So, uh, but uh, no, I don't think it could have been. I mean, it's unfortunate that it does cost that, but we have to brace it and do it. You know, otherwise we just give up and, and gradually facilities age and are done away with and you're on a failure mission. We're not on a failure mission, this will be a very good success And that's why I'm prepared to urge the council, as I have done, to get on with this regardless. Jeff Kempt is from the Wilmot Dixon Construction, who are building it. With our groundwork uh, partners, uh, GSE, um, we'll be 
effectively putting buckets in the ground next week and start the process with foundations and then starting to construct the swimming pools and the, the slabs and then fairly soon after that the, uh, the steel frame and the timber frame which is the main construction which is being built in Austria at the moment that will follow on so by the time we sort of start pushing into the summer in June and July um, you'll actually see the shape and the structure of the building it should be very exciting. And how big is the building going to be? What's going to be inside it? Um, it's, uh, it's quite a condensed building and there's a lot of really really good stuff that's in there so 25 metre swimming pool, uh, a leisure pool with a flume um, a splash pool for the younger kids and babies and, and, and toddlers, um, wet change leisure to support that, kitchen, cafes, dance studios, um, multi-use studios and a nice lovely new gymnasium upstairs as well so no, it should be, should be very exciting. So a state-of-the-art building? Oh, 100%, yeah, no, very good. But the cost is nearly five times the original estimate and that's not gone down well with everyone. Labour councillor Simon Curry is concerned. Because we're very uncertain about the future of that site. Um, it's costing us a fortune in terms of the capital money that we're spending on it. It's looking like it might cost about £1.6 million a year for the next 30 years just to pay back what we're having to spend there. So we've got questions over the funding. I mean, we're really quite concerned about this, particularly with the election coming up and the likelihood that, or chance that we might actually be in control of the council after May, which is a possibility. What are the finances going to look like? That's what we're worried about. And who will have to pay for the new site? Will it be taxpayers? It'll be taxpayers. I mean, the, even the running of the site, we looks like we're about half a million short on the annual sort of running of the site in terms of income and stuff that once it's built, we'll hopefully realise from it. But uh, even that's in question. The viability of the whole project is up, up, for, uh, up for question at the moment. But Rainham needs a new swimming pool, doesn't it? There's not, there's not a pool there at the moment. And in all fairness to Medway Council, the previous site did need repair and when they and when they came to, to to look at the structural damage you know in the foundations were at a poor state they had to rebuild it that's what they're saying so Rainham does need a new pool I think what we what we're saying there is that Medway certainly needs swimming pools for people of Medway we've got pools over in Strood and Gillingham Rainham fantastic if we can have one but we need to look at the cost we're in the middle of a cost of living crisis at the moment all our services are stretched to the limit and if we're spending all that kind of money on one site alone it's a big problem and also I think one of the questions we've got then is about the building itself why was it in such poor condition in the first place why did the lump fall out of the ceiling when it was when it was actually there in the first place what's the condition of our other buildings we've got so many questions we need to ask because it appears that this Tory authority has just run our services down and run our buildings down and leaving us with a whole load of stuff to deal with if we were to get elected in May. You can head to the Medway pages of online to see what the finished building will eventually look like. Elsewhere, a trampoline park in Chatham has confirmed it's going cashless. Bosses at Flip Out say they'll be card only from tomorrow. They say it's because very few people want to use cash nowadays. It also reduces admin and overheads. Kent Online reports. It's thought bosses in Canterbury will reject calls for all fast food delivery riders to carry an official form of ID. One councillor wanted a bylaw introduced which would require Just Eat, Deliveroo and Uber Eats employees to display a number. That's set to be turned down at a meeting next week, but they could still be banned from the high street. Staying in the city and bosses at Canterbury Cathedral have done a U-turn on plans that would have prevented residents from using a historic entrance into the grounds. The idea was to stop people using the Quenningate entrance on Lower Bridge Street, but that caused outrage. The dean has admitted they got it wrong. A charity that works with children who've suffered abuse or trauma are having to open a third branch in the county because of an increase in demand. Dandelion Time already has centres in West Farley and Ashford and 50 young people on its waiting list. That's up from 35 at the start of 2019. 
Their new facility in Sean will run weekly programs and one-to-one support. I've been speaking to Graham Carpenter, who's their CEO. We want to provide a service across all areas of Kent. And whilst we've been able to provide a service in the mid-Kent area, uh, it has been very, very difficult for us to get transport for children and families to reach us from the North Kent or Northwest Kent uh, region. And so it was really important, given that we were receiving so many referrals, that we opened a branch nearer to the to the population where we were receiving many more referrals um, over the last um, year now. So like you said, so has there, there has been an increase in referrals, particularly from this area of Kent? We've identified a strong need from the northwest region of Kent uh, and are seeking to meet that need through providing a service local to the residents there. In the past, they could have um, made a trek across to our branch near Maidstone but that's just too far to ask people to travel Um, and so meeting the need locally is an important aspect of our development as a charity across Kent. So what will this new centre offer? Dandelion Time provides a service for families not just children but also their parents or carers Um, especially where children have suffered um, loss or have struggled with the trauma um, from abuse or neglect in their early lives. And we have for 20 years now provided a service that is nature-based, calm, relaxed, very much also using the hands rather than just the, the, the the, the head or the brain to talk, as so many therapists do these days. And we found that to be particularly successful um, to rebuild trusting relationships in families who have struggled with, with often with domestic abuse um, or trauma through um, domestic violence, uh, drug and alcohol problems within the families, etc. So this more hands-on approach, is that something that makes Dandelion Times more unique? We believe that Dandelion Time is possibly still unique, though we've been uh, selling the idea for 20 years into the community. Um, Yes, so therapy um, has become rather trapped within the mind. And we believe strongly that that, uh, children in particular, and, and all of us maybe, Um, could benefit a lot from being active and through that activity uh, we can help families to gently challenge the uh, struggles that they have uh, relating to each other and um, calmly and gently through the healing process of nature help families to reconnect in a more positive way. Uh, Dandelion Time has a a lot to offer for families uh, who can spend time together doing things that they wouldn't normally do and taking on little challenges together. Um, being with the animals that we, that we have over there and being busy with craft activities and being um, able to enjoy each other's company uh, away from home and away from school and away from some of those areas that perhaps might pressurize them otherwise. And they can just enjoy being together and being part of a a process over a 
period of two or three months. Kent Online News. Kent Police have backtracked on a decision to sell off their old headquarters in Maidstone. The building on Sutton Road served as their base for 80 years, but they recently moved to a new location in North Fleet. Bosses say operations will be moved back to Maidstone after the force took on more officers than expected. There are plans to expand a Weatherspoons pub in Dover by demolishing a derelict nightclub next door. Bosses want to spend £3 million on the eight bells next to Legends. The extension would also include a new beer garden. Folkestone has been named the third most popular area in the UK for Londoners buying second homes. Figures show one in 20 of the properties bought there in the last year was a second home. Residents have also seen house prices increase by 10% on their pandemic peak and there are fears it will push locals out of the market. Conor McConville is the leader of the Labour Group on Folkestone and Hythe District Council. I think it is very concerning that such a high number of homes in the district are second homes. With house prices both to buy and rent at a level many can't afford, this reduction in supply will only exacerbate this problem. I do acknowledge there is a benefit to having some holiday let provision within the district as we have lost some of our more traditional hotel space. However, there has to be a balance. A pure second home sitting empty, however, do not benefit businesses as much as a house that is occupied all year round. And a cat had a lucky escape after getting trapped in a car engine in Sheerness. Rose was stuck under the bonnet during a five-mile school run journey on Monday morning. She was found when the driver luckily decided to check his oil. The cat's protection charity were called to help rescue her. She was unhurt and reunited with her owner thanks to her microchip. Kent Online Sports. Football, and it was a dramatic victory for Gillingham in their latest League Two match last night. They beat Crew Alexandra 2-1 at Priestfield. But manager Neil Harris was given a red card for dissent after another late goal was disallowed. Here's what he had to say after the final whistle. Learning curve for us tonight, um, the team's come and paid us huge respect because of our home record. And they've sat off and played a back six in the first half and let us have the football. And we couldn't break down a low block, which was um, you know, a little bit frustrating. Um, I chuckled to myself at one stage during the first half because people were getting frustrated. And I was getting frustrated myself, to be honest. Um, but getting frustrated because... It was nil-nil up in the first half, playing at home. How far have we come as a, <laughs> come as a group? So what I say to if I just remember how far we've come, let's be patient with the lads. Um, and, and at this stage, it's just about finding ways to win games. And we had to rely on them making a couple of errors, but they made a couple of errors and we capitalised. And, and you know, two really good composed finishes, good contacts on the ball. Um, you know, we should have had a third um, with Ollie Hawkins at the back stick. Um, their goal was a weldy, wasn't it, to get back in it? And you think, oh, is it going to be one of those nights where, where you know, it just doesn't quite happen for us? Um, but again, to be one nil up, one all, and then to get back in front again, good character by the lads. Now, I'll be honest, it wasn't our finest performance here, and and probably go as far as saying, out of the last seven, has been our poorest, uh, in my opinion. Um, a lot of unforced errors. Um, we had to try and be patient first half and break down a low block and, and we made some poor decisions um, but we found a way and I, I can't credit my players enough and that, that is all that matters at this stage of the season is winning games of football and, and I'll watch the game back and pick out some clips and show the lads about how we can be slightly better but again for me that's, 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 that's the summer's job you know, that's, that's do with that in the summer at the moment it's, it's about finding ways to win games and and, and and I thought the subs when they came on made a huge impact. So yes, I had a few choice words to the fourth official. And I was, like, I've got to be honest, I thought the fourth official was terrible all night. I thought it was no help whatsoever. Um, and the ref, 
the ref, like, I, I don't often talk about referees. Look, I'll take the medicine. Um, um, if I was wrong, then I apologise to, to the officials and I spoke to the ref briefly downstairs. Um, look, I use the wrong terminology and I respect that and understand that. And I'll take my punishment if, if it comes my way. Um, but you can't get decisions like that. You know, if we can see the late goal and, and you end up getting relegated by a, a, a decision, it's a disgrace. The way Ollie Hawkins was treated in that game by their defenders, manhandled all game, not one decision he got. He scores a perfectly good goal, and I'll just say to everyone in here and everyone that reads his article, and I please urge the, um, the officials um, to look at it, and does anybody seriously think it's a foul? Not in a million years. And if he can't, if he can't get decisions like that right, he shouldn't be reffing at the, the level. The Jills are now 10 points above the relegation zone and welcome promotion chasing Carlisle United on Saturday. And in tennis, Kent's Emma Raducanu gets her Miami Open campaign underway later. Her first match is against Canadian Bianca Andrescu. Earlier this month, the 20-year-old from Orpington made it through to the fourth round of the Indian Wells Masters. That's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get an update of the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.